say something briefly so I will have some feedback so I won't just go on if you got something you want to just say just something very briefly you want to talk Anybody? Just to have a feedback. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for what you've um, been teaching us. We appreciate you. Um, I wanted to ask, you talked about um, opening a bank account for itinerant ministry. Did I hear that right? Yes. Okay, but you, you would um, remember that most itinerant um, ministers would start just by themselves. So when they go out, they are probably given an honorarium. So it's really not a big thing. So the last thing on an itinerary minister's mind is to open an account. So are you saying that when they give them the honorarium, they shouldn't spend it, they should think about putting it into their account so that um, they can okay, use it? Okay, I, I wasn't uh, planning on you asking the question, but fine, if, if you want to ask a question. You see, you need to separate between your person and your ministry. I used to ask people, because sometimes people will say, we give it to your ministry. And the person meant they were giving it to me personally. They were just trying to spiritualize what they were saying. So I ask, is it for me or for the ministry? Because if you are giving the ministry, it's not for me personally. Because when people give you a personal honorarium, you went to minister and they gave it to you personally. The money belongs to you personally. But if they gave money to support the ministry, then the money goes to the ministry. So you have to know what belongs to who so that you don't get into trouble with God. That's the way I see it. So when you open an account for the ministry, if somebody says, for instance, we want to support, maybe because I'm a pastor, it's easier for me to understand what I'm saying. If they give money to church, I pastor, that's not the same as giving money to me. If I go to minister somewhere and they give money to me, but if the person is giving me money and he says they're giving it to support the ministry. If I want to be safe, you should go to the ministry. Unless I can ask that, is it for me? And usually the person will say, no, it's for you. Ah, then why did you say for the ministry? <laughs> just trying to spiritualize it. You know, yeah, just say, if you're giving it to me, because it's not the ministry that came to speak. <laughs> I don't know if what I said makes sense. Yeah. So, because if you have an account, a personal account, you, it's your personal name they will write if they are giving it to you, usually. They write your name on it, usually. And they're giving it to the... Let me give you an example. Why I said that is, let's say there's a missions agency, there's something, something. You know, it's possible to give money to the missions work and not to, the, to an individual. You want to support the work they are doing, meaning it's supposed to be used to run the ministry. Yeah. If I ask for the account of your ministry, and I see that it's your personal name that is there, then it appears the work, the money you want to give to the ministry, you are the one that it will go to. So the person giving you has a right to know who is giving money to because he may have something different in mind. So it's for integrity's sake. It's not even going to follow you normally to say who spends the money. You know what I'm saying? But the person feels comfortable if his ministry has mind. If it's you personally, he has a mind, he will give it to you personally. If his ministry, they have a mind, they then give it to the ministry. Maybe because it's an itinerant thing, but the fact that something is starting small doesn't mean it cannot have integrity. Yeah, somebody giving to you, I'm just telling you the honest truth. If somebody wants to give to you, they'll be more comfortable knowing you are different from the ministry and who they are supporting, they should be able to make clear. If it's not clear, ask questions so that it will be clear to you. I, I, I don't know if you are fine. Sorry, I'm sorry, but like, I don't 
minister and I okay. want to declare on this. First of all, most itinerant ministers in Nigeria, I would think, start like single-person itinerant ministry. People are invited and then they go to places and they go ask themselves, not as representing the ministry. So when they are invited, they are invited as themselves. And when they are done, checks, money made out to them. You understand what I'm saying? For example, I don't have a ministry registered under itinerant ministry for myself. So wherever I go to and anything is given to me, automatically for me is an honorarium to me. Yeah, that's not a problem. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah, but you, let me now ask you a question. Yes, sir. Are you planning for it to remain a one-person ministry? Don't you want to have an office? Don't you want to have staff? Don't you want to rent a place where people will meet and you can send out materials and all of that? So if that is so, if somebody decides that they want to give to the ministry, they should be able to. But when you narrow it down to just yourself, if you are the ministry, mm. do you see what I'm saying now? Yeah, yeah, because somebody that. may decide to take care of your rent for one year. That's not you they want to give. They want to pay. How much do you pay for rent for one year? That's what we are giving to. They don't have to give you personally. But if there's no avenue for that, then yeah. okay. So if it's just you, then we'll give you 20000 But if it's, <laughs> we want to support. Yeah. I, I, I hope you understand it now. I don't have a question now, not a question. A, a comment, I just want to see that I'm communicating. But anyway, that showed also that at least I'm communicating so much. Yeah. Yes, another person there. Thank you. Praise, okay. praise the Lord. I'm, uh, Ezekiel 3 took a lot of uh, answer for me by sending Ezekiel to go and actually fail was acceptable in literal terms. Yeah. It was, was quite elating for me because achievement many times have become the definition of success in ministry. And a lot of people are out of assignment, but they are not, not doing anything that, that God asks them. So success is obeying God and doing what he asks you to do. Yes. Thank you very much. But, but we, we are still talking about Ezekiel now, isn't it? Because the truth, at the end of the day, if you do what God asks you to do, there will end up being achievement. That, that's what happens mostly. There will not be an achievement. Only we should not use that as our yardstick. Of uh, maybe, yeah, because what appears to us also because somebody can be naturally gifted, you know. And uh, you look at Moses who said he couldn't talk, so it's not about eloquence. Yeah, he, he, somebody said he couldn't talk at the end of the day. Don't you see talking about Moses now? Uh -huh, and he thought he couldn't talk. And the Aaron who could talk when they didn't see Moses <laughs> for how many days he was making God for people, the person who could talk, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the issue is the call of God at the end of the day, you know. And yeah, yes. Finally, so I won't take another person. Here. Thank God. you, thank you, sir. Yes, um, sir. Thank you so much. I've been blessed. Thank um, you. The scripture is shared, Jeremiah thirty-two, and um, putting things legally. I've not seen it in this aspect before. The most times we tend to trust our loved ones, and after their family member, just want to do things and don't consider anything in the future. So I just got an exposition. Um, towards the aspect that whatever you want to do is very important. If you are not ready to let go or to fight with anybody, make it a well-documented. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. So the person cannot get another one day that he didn't greet his wife, and he says, give me it back. Yeah, because it will outlive us. When you remember that, it will outlive us. And some other people are coming behind who can take advantage of it. So let them meet proper things on ground that they can build on, and it, it, because it's not about you. If it's about you, you can say it's my cousin now. And all, but it's not about you. Always realize that what you are building is about God and his kingdom, and it should outlive us. So that way, you, you have to put legal things. Okay, thank you. So we'll, we'll just go on now. 
Now, keep good records. I gave an example of keeping records personally that I didn't even know where it will end. I didn't know how much of a blessing it will be to me today. Now, I'm benefiting from things I was doing 28 years ago without knowing that it was important. But look at the Bible. Numbers 33, 1 and 2. These are the journeys of the children of Israel who went out of the land of Egypt by their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. Now Moses wrote down the starting points of their journeys at the command of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their starting points. They departed from this place, went to that place. You can see how they cataloged the journey. And God told Moses to write it down. Records. So keep records. You never know when those things will be important. You never know. Just keep records. Just keep things. When this started, you know, when that started, when this started, when that started, when you did so and so, when you laid so and so foundation, when that so and so, just write them down. Just keep them somewhere. The day they will matter to you that they will become important, you will thank God that you had those things down before. So, you see, this already is like a communication of something that's going to be big and be bigger than you. You don't know what you communicate to people that makes them buy in into what you are doing. Because you will need people to buy into whatever you are doing. So you see, these things show without your knowing. They show your attitude. And when somebody wants to be involved in something that will last. See, they, they did a research one time. They asked people who are more than 90 years old the things they wished if they could live again. Part of what was recurrent was that they wished they had invested more in what will outlive them. You know the gospel will outlive all of us. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about, legal things and all that now. Because if something will outlive you, that thing has to remain after you. And so, like records, it may be after I'm dead now that uh, some things I put down are going to be brought up and it will be a blessing to another generation. And I will have gone. So, keep records. Where you have preached, and if you are an itinerant minister, it's not even bad to record how many people give their lives to Christ. You know, things like that. Just keep records. Pay taxes. <laughs> many Nigerians don't pay tax. Even though, as of today, the church is exempted tax as of today. But you know, they came up with some law not too long ago. Let me tell you something interesting. When that happened, you know, we, we have the ministry of pastor, we have external auditors audit our accounts. You know, and the accounts are there. You see, it's not that anybody is asking us, but you know, if Nigeria had said, bring those things out, we would have brought them out. So we have audited accounts that way. And believe me, it frees one. Now this, you know, we're talking about itinerant ministry, but you will notice I'm saying things that apply to everybody. You know, yeah. It's, it will never hurt you to do things like that. It will never hurt you to do things like that. So, do I pay tax personally? Yes, I do. Our tax certificate every year. I do. Mark twelve seventeen. Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Romans thirteen seven. Render therefore to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Is it written to Christians? Of course it is. Custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear. Romans 13, 7. Honor to whom honor. It's good to have a vision and a mission statement. See, that came in the last couple of years. 
that people be, became more um, emphatic about that. But do you remember God told go teach my people faith? And that's his mission statement. Go teach my people faith. Vision statement, I beg your pardon. The mission is how to get there. The vision is where you are going. So look at the different things he did. Up till now, he's teaching us faith. Don't you think so? So the vision is he's speaking, even long after he's gone. So the word God spoke to you, the work you had to achieve for him, put it down somewhere. Habakkuk says, write it down. And then how to get there. You see, methods can change. Methods change with time. But the real thing that God said to you won't change. For instance, we are doing many things online now, which we didn't used to do that way before. But we're still preaching the gospel. And uh, basically, everyone has a message that God gave him to share. So know your place. We're back to that same point. Write it down. Maintain a good culture. Culture speaks. Whatever organization you run, like I just advised our sister not to remain a one person. There's a limit when it's just you. God's vision always includes other people. It always includes other people. So think that way from the beginning. Because if you have a secretary, for instance, Reverend Tokes knows my secretary. I've had the same secretary for 20-something years. Can you imagine that? She has become my younger sister. Because before she was married, she has a husband, has children. We even live in the same neighborhood now. So when I was talking about somebody driving earlier, usually if I'm going to meet her somewhere, if my wife is there, she will be there and her husband will drive and we'll go together and that kind of thing. Yeah. The same secret for 20 something years. Hear me. I saw in the Bible at the beginning of ministry that when God called Saul, the first king of Israel, God put it in some people's hearts to follow him. And so I said to myself, anybody that God calls, there are some people that are supposed to work with the person. So I said to myself, you must recognize them. Reverend Tokes knows some people today that we started to work together. 28 years have come and gone. We are still working together today. They are still there up to now. I've had the same secretary for like 25 years. I'm telling you the truth. There's nothing she doesn't know about my family members. Any form of any embassy she needs to feel. I just said, let me feel so, so. For our children, she starts putting the date. She knows when they were born. She knows all those things. Same person you know, yeah, it's a blessing. Believe me, it's a blessing. I can tell you that it's a blessing. So, the culture of an organization is what you believe in. So, when people come in and they see that somebody has been with you for this long, it communicates something to them, don't you think? Set goals, set goals. There are things you need to happen, there are things you need to achieve. Like I was saying to my sister, it's important to have an office. So that if somebody needs to deal with you officially, it's not your house, they are coming. It's okay, you have the as they can come to your house, but it communicates something different if they are coming to the office. It means you are established. It means it's stable and decent. It's not a personal property that you can put in your pocket. It means it's something credible. 
They talk about smart now in setting goals. That's management, general management. Something that is uh, specific. Something that is measurable. Something that's achievable. Something that is realizable. Something that is time-bound. You know, smart. They talk about smart now. So whatever goals you are setting, of course, those goals should not just be from our heads. They should be based on God's leading. So they should be based on God's instruction to us that we set smart goals. Not just what we feel like. And they should be things that are scriptural. They should be things that are scriptural. Let's talk about scheduling meetings in churches. A few guidelines. Don't push for it. If you're in eternal ministry, don't push for it. Believe God for opportunities to minister. Believe God for opportunities. Be a blessing wherever you go. Don't think about money. Don't try to fix yourself up. Don't try to sound as though you are this, you are that. If you meet somebody like me personally, once you are doing that, I already know who not to invite. I'm telling you the truth. That's the best kind of person I have. If you are making noise, ah, I've done this, you know, I know what to do, I can't, ah, if I, ah, he's so, so, and so, and so, I make a mental note, I won't invite this, this person. Because it's not about you. It's about God. I know God will use men, but see, when you are making too much noise, I'm uncomfortable already. I'm wondering whether this is the kind of person you need to be a blessing. And you see, when you go somewhere, know that within a short while, you can destroy something that somebody has built over a long period of time. So this is part of why people are careful sometimes in inviting people. Because if you want to destroy this building, all you need is a lead ball to swing it a few times, everything will come down. And think of how long it took them to build. So when you go somewhere, always have that in mind. Always lift up the person that invited you. You don't need to tell a lie. You'll find something right to say. To help the person. Because your aim is to help the person. I've been to places where somebody who considers himself like a son in the ministry, I will leave the place and the person will say, it's obvious you came here to help me. I'm very happy when I hear that. Because you can go somewhere and belittle the person. And the person will never invite you again. They will never invite you. And you, are, you just close the door by yourself. You know the Bible says when God opens the door, no man can shut. You can shut it yourself. If somebody else that can shut it, you can shut it yourself. When you come and talk as though the thing you have to share, they are hearing it for the first time. Now, the, the youngest Christian in that church may understand the thing already. Maybe they have been told. You don't know. You get there and you are talking as though there is one fire you are bringing from somewhere that you don't know. I start saying what I have to say to you to you. May God give you understanding. And I, and I would think, is that not your work? Are you not supposed to give us understanding? Yeah, I know Paul wrote that God will give them understanding. But that's Paul based on what he wrote. But now if you stand before us and you are saying, I'm still saying God should give us understanding and you are talking to us. Why don't you give us understanding? And then you start telling us the things you have to share today. They are fresh. Nobody has. How do you know? How do you know that they don't know more than you? So we should minister from humility. And not from pride. We don't go somewhere making as though we know what they don't know. Because you don't even know what they know. The Bible tells us anybody who thinks he knows something. And evidence that he doesn't know anything as he ought to know. We must keep our motives right. Our motive is to be a blessing. Our motive is to help God's people. 
Our motive is to add to people. Our motive is not to make money. Our motive is not to line our pockets. Our motive is not... See, I, I, I said I was in private dental practice at the time. And uh, the church I pastor today, when we started our building work long ago, my wife and I, because I knew then that God wanted me to go into full-time ministry. That meant a lot of money to us at that time. The person who was working there for me, I was going to sell the practice to him. And we were going to put it in church building fund without telling anyone. That was a lot of money to us then. An entire practice to sell it. So the person was raising money. We had not even sold it yet. He was looking for the money to raise. And I went to preach somewhere. And when I was about to leave, over a weekend, they said God told them. I mean, there are people I knew, the man and his associate, said God told them to give me so so honorarium. I said, I can't take it. It was too much. Nobody had ever given me that kind of money. I thought, what? For what? No, I can't take it. And they started laughing at me. That, that, that is one who's running away from money. But I said, God told you. I said, I can't take it. You are, you are the one God told. <laughs> I can't take it. Do you know I missed my flight? Why, why, I, gave, I thought it was too much. And then I went to the bathroom to ease myself. And in a flash, I realized that it was the amount of money we were going to sell the practice that God was giving to me as a check just over a weekend. I can never forget it. I can never forget. So they don't know now why I accepted. I came out and I accepted it. They don't know. I didn't tell them because it was for me personal. God wanted me to see that you see, if you obey me, if you do what I ask you to do, money will never be an issue. What you think is big deal? We are not even done it. We are not done it yet. The person was still raising money. When that guy brought the money, he came with his father. Can you imagine? I didn't like that. He came with his father. I thought, why did he bring his father? Is it that I will run away? Or is it, why am I not the one that offered to sell it to you? He came with his father. Before it was done, just the intention, one weekend, it was happening to me in the check. You can't imagine the kinds of blessings I have known while obeying God. You can't imagine it. Our children are doctors. When our son became a medical doctor, I went to minister somewhere and I was just talking generally and talked about my family, what God was doing. And after the service, somebody came to me with a pastor, the pastor was involved, and said, people you say pastor's children don't do well. It's obvious your own children are doing well and said our own pastor's children are doing well too. And that God spoke to them that they were to give my son a brand new car. I'm not kidding. And they brought a note and said, you should go to some place and collect a car. Reverend Tooks, are aware of what I'm saying? He went to his induction in a brand new car. Because his father obeyed the call of God. No, I can't, I can't chat as someone who says all the things I've seen in life and ministry just by obeying God. Oh, God, the gospel is true, I'm telling you. Nobody can convince me that it's not true. Nobody can convince me. I've seen, I mean, how could that have happened? I thought to myself, how many years did I walk before having a brand new car? I mean, when I married, I didn't even want to have a car when I married. I was a doctor, my husband, we didn't even have a car. It's later we had car. He was starting life. I even told the person, no, he has car. He has Tokumbo car. I'm sorry, his name is Tokumbo. (laughs) 
They said, no, 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 it's God that said. So see, if your motives are right, money, money will not be a problem. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. You know, one time, because the Bible says, your wife shall be like a fruitful vine by the size of your house. I said to myself, there's a promise of your house for every Christian, including a pastor. So my wife and I agreed it was time to build our own house. And we opened an exercise book, Psalm 128, that's something, that's what we wrote outside. That it's time to build a house. And uh, this was like 17 years ago. One day, a courier message just came. I opened it and said, ah. My wife said, what's wrong? I gave it to her. She also said, ah. A particular place where I had been before to minister sent one million naira to us. They said three times in that letter, they wrote, it's not for the ministry. That's what I was telling you about. It's not for the ministry. It's for you personally. God said we should give it to you for whatever you are doing as a family. Now, I had a word of faith magazine with me. I had been taking it to work and bringing it back. Every day, I wasn't able to open it. The following day, after this one million naira that I opened it, you know the first article there, there is more where that came from. I said, amen. <laughs> I said, amen. I knew what God would say, amen. One day, I came out from the airport. A couple came to me, ha, ah, so, so, and so, and so. Their sister came to meet them at the airport. They said, this is Pastor Kolade. He has been to our church before the minister. So, 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 and the sister said, ah, you know, so, so, so. So, this sister, okay, to meet them, just put something in an envelope and put it in my hand, that for your trolley. I can't remember how much trolley was then. Maybe 500 naira or something. I can't remember. Trolley, you know, coming from the airport. I gave it to me. I didn't bother to look at it. When I looked at it later on my way home, when they picked me, it was 100,000 naira there. I'm talking about like 17 years ago. You know how much 100,000 was then? For airport trolley. <laughs> Somebody who had never met me before. Somebody I didn't know. Who came to pick her own people. Ha! Then I got home. A letter was waiting for me from somewhere. My wife hadn't opened it. And when I opened it, do you know how much was there? 100,000 naira. And then I went somewhere. Somebody said, I believe I gave you, you know, I'm going to say that 100,000. So I knew that at that season of my life, any envelope anybody gave me, 100,000 would be inside. <laughs> and 100,000 was inside. We've been living in that house for many, many, many years now. Look, I've seen God at work. Believe me, I've seen God too much. I've seen, just, just obey God. I'm telling you, just obey God. Just obey God. In different places, different areas. Once our motives are right. So don't be selfish. Just want to be a blessing. In your starting days, you may even need to pay your way through some things. If they invite you somewhere, you need to pay. You know, you go through rough times. You won't be able to afford some things and all that. Just do it joyfully. Just do it joyfully. Do it out of love with a right heart. First Corinthians 16, 14. Let all that you do be done with love. All that you do, let it be done with love. So your hosts and all those people, treat them well. Befriend them. Be real friends. Recommendations are good. 
People will recommend you. People will talk nicely about you if you're a person of character. Package yourself well. Such as I have, give ID, isn't it? There's a Chinese saying that it's how you dress that people address you. Yeah, but you say the Bible says that God looks at the inward. But the same Bible says men look at the outward, isn't it? Now, who, you are, who are you going to preach to? God or men? <laughs> so, our appearance should be okay as well. Our appearance should not put people off. People should not struggle to discover what we have to offer. We should appear in a way that will be appealing. That people want to offer. Because we, we are representatives of the Most High, isn't it? No, I'm not asking for us to be overdressed. No, that's not what I mean. But I'm look, asking for us to be decent. To look in a way that will not discourage people from the gospel that we're preaching. After preaching, follow up with character. Thank people. Thank the person who invited you. Thank somebody who gave you something. Thank people, you know. Don't just go off. It's okay to have your own CDs and books and things like that if you're an itinerant minister. But it's wise to discuss those things before time. It's wise to discuss those things before time. I don't take such things to places because of how I am wired personally. I'm not keen on that kind of thing. But it's okay. The fact that I don't like something personally does not mean there's not something wrong with it. It's okay to have your CDs and tapes and books and things like that. But tell the person before time. Don't get there first before you do it. Don't arrive with those things and let them know before time. Ask, can you do so, so, and so, and so? And can I do so, so, and so, and so, and so? And if they say no, don't take offense at it. See, by your telling them before time, you are letting them know you are a person of character. You are not there to use them. I have been invited before where somebody just wanted me to take offering. To use me for offering. Unknown to me, somebody had been there before who, who prophesied and said within 30 days. You know, there are some people who are good fundraisers. They can empty your pocket. They have any scripture they see, they will bring offering from it. <laughs> and this person had promised them, oh, they, they bet, okay, I see I have some minutes, okay. The, the person, thank you, the person had promised them that within so, so, so days, the money will come back, and it didn't come back. So, my aim in going, I was taken there to use my integrity to mop up the mess. And I, as a rule, See, you must have some personal if you, have, you must have some personal things that you do that will help you. I don't take offering for people. Do you get what I said? There's nothing wrong in taking offering. But like I said, my personal revelation is Moses told Israel. It's Moses that should tell Israel. It's not somebody else that should come and tell Israel. So if you need money for the ministry, you tell them. If you're a person, they will believe it and do it. It's not me and outsider that you should come to use to raise money for you. Because, do you know they give people commission in the gospel? Yes. Commission. Yes. Yes. One day, someone was talking, he was saying, they gave someone, he said, it's too small. I, I said, I can't somebody say, it's too small. That is it negotiation? I, I said, is it commission? He said, in fact, the person said, it's a great commission. <laughs> Can you imagine how people are twisting the gospel? That's what they call great commission. That's serious. I heard somebody preach that Jesus upturned tables, flogged people, 
and all the money that poured out, guess what he did? He made it she, it was even a she, made it sound as though he pocketed the money. Ah! My younger brother and my older sister were somewhere where somebody preached and said, if you don't give all the money that's in your pocket now before you go here, you will die before you get home. The way you reacted is how everybody reacted. They said, ah! One day, I was the resident pastor in church in Kano now, and my senior pastor was in Lagos. I raised an offering one day, the church, of course, I pastor, and uh, when he got to know how much the offering was, he said, what did I do to them? How come people gave so much? And I said, I didn't do anything. I just said, the money that is in your pocket, nothing bad will happen if you don't give it. Nothing bad will happen to you. You can take it home, nothing will happen. God will still do his work without you. I don't know if people, if people give because they are motivated by love, if they understand and they give, they're going to be blessed by it. That's not to manipulate anybody. To say somebody will die before getting home, and of course they didn't die before getting home. <laughs> so when I went to this place, I talked about it. I wanted to use me to raise offering. Somebody came, called me and said, don't try it. I said, don't try what? He said, this is where you were brought. So that you come and mop up the mess. No, no, no. I said, don't worry yourself. I don't even raise offering for people. So when I was going to, the meeting was going to start, it was a three-day program. The person was trying to tell me, I said, you know what, I don't take off from what you say, personal policy. If you want, I, I can go back home now. I don't want to have, the program doesn't have to happen. If that's what I'm here for, I'm not going to do it. I'll go back. Don't worry, I won't go at my expense. Don't worry yourself. No, no, no. He said, no, no, I should stay. I should minister. I should, I know that kind of thing. I, I was ready to go back. So, I don't know. And if you come to preach for us, we never expect you to take an offering for us. When somebody's going to come for a first time to the church I pastor, if the person hadn't been there before, I always tell them, don't take an offering for us. Because that kind of offering is based on emotion. It's based on new guests when start coming and talking. Eh, let people give if they want to give. Not, not, uh, I hope you get my point. So if somebody, de- I, I mean, sometimes I don't remember to tell somebody. I've stopped somebody before. That person was starting, I went up. I got up. I went, Please don't. Don't worry. Thank you. Don't worry. Take care of it. And I said, no, we don't want it that way. So, don't be money-minded. Kenneth Higgins said, the Lord said to him in one of his visions, if you become money-minded, you will lose the anointing. I don't want to forget that. So, you can take your CDs and all. That's what took me into that. It's good to have ways of communicating. You know, if you are the kind of person who likes to write newsletter, such things, if it's to be monthly, let it be monthly, if it's to be quarterly, let it be quarterly. It's up to you. You know, there are people who like to print things. Everybody's wired differently. You know, you want to print things, you want to, you want to write testimonies of things and all those kinds of things. Yeah, if, if that's the kind of ministry God has called you into, fine. But don't do it because others are doing it. That's just the point. Don't just copy people that because if so-so is doing it, then it means that, no, that they are doing it does not mean you should do it. It's principles we have to learn from other people, not practices. So, let's talk about some traveling tips. If you are going to drive, eat light. That's common sense, isn't it? Otherwise, you can fall asleep on the way. I used to drive myself everywhere at a time. But I saw later that it wasn't wise. You know, as I got older and my program became tougher, I saw that it was wiser for somebody else to drive. So that I will have more time to relax and all that. If uh, you are going to fly to places outside the country, for instance, first flights are the shortest. You know, those are natural things. 
that are important. It's good if you can to go with somebody of the same sex. Not to go and burden them. You know, it's possible to carry 20 people when you're going to minister somewhere. If they're going to pay hotel bills, what will happen to them? So you have cut off some people. They cannot invite you. And you can be a blessing to them. Somebody once asked Higgin that if he, he, does he ever go to small churches to preach? And he said, wherever God sent him. So he said, if God ever sent you, come here. You see, you know why? Some people cannot go to a small church. There are people, if you invite them to preach, they want to know how big the church is. They want to know what promo you are going to do. So they want to know whether it's beneath them or whether it's above, it's the kind of thing they should do. So even though they will be a blessing to you, they can destroy you when they come once. They bring 20 people. You are just struggling to pay for accommodation for one person. And 20 people have come. How? How will you do it? So they are saying, they will never come to that kind of place. So try to take note of things like this. Try not to burden people wherever you are going. Don't do what they can't afford. If you are taking someone, offer to pay the person's way. See, these are things, if they can afford, they will tell you not to worry. Come. So they can tell you, come with as many people as you want. Come with as many people as you want. Does not mean you two should come with as many people as you want. But there is wisdom in having a witness or witnesses. Acts chapter 10 from verse 45. Let's read. Acts 10 from verse 45. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Ghost had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. When Peter was going to the house of Cornelius, he went with some people. And so what was reporting to them in Acts 11, there were witnesses. So let's go to Acts 11, verses 10 to 12 now. Acts 11, 10 to 12. So when he was recounting, because they took him up and see accountability there, Peter was called to account for something. So if you're the kind of person, you don't want anybody to ask you any question. Nobody can ask why you did what you did. You want to be all in all, you know? That's not biblical Christianity or leadership. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesar. Then the spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. So we are not saying somebody can go with other people. These six people were witnesses to what happened. So when they called him to question, I was recounting it, he could say there were witnesses. And those people ended up thanking God. That means God has also allowed Gentiles to come in. So it's good, you know, for there to be witnesses, if it's possible, members of the same sex, of course, and uh, so on and so forth. Be careful where you stay, hotel issues and all that, to avoid a scandal. If you travel a lot, you're going to stay in hotels and things and places, be very, very careful. Because that's a good setting to meet the opposite sex. So I'll just read this scripture and we'll take a break again. Second Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 19. And not only that, but who was also chosen by the churches to travel with us with this gift which is administered by us to the glory of the Lord himself and to show your ready mind. Avoiding this, that anyone should blame us in this lavish gift which is administered by us, providing honorable things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. So it's not just because of God, also because of men. We don't want people to go away with a particular kind of impression. If somebody comes to greet you in a hotel, it can be your sister. But it's not labeled on our forehead that is your sister. You are in another country or another town. 
And then somebody steps out with you. And you hold a particular way. And somebody takes a photograph. And it's on the internet. How many people know the person is your sister? So we have to be careful along these kinds of lines. Particularly if we're traveling alone. That's why it's good sometimes to be somewhere with other people. So we're taking a few minutes break again. You can just stretch your leg and we'll continue.